Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. Marketing mentor Elise Bennon is a national speaker and author of seven business books for the creatively self-employed. She has guided thousands of creative professionals toward freedom from bosses and impossible clients. Elise teaches you how to build a business that fits our evolving life. She's also the founder of the marketing-mentor.com and an adjunct faculty at Maryland Institute College of Arts. Hello, Elise. How are you doing? I'm well. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. I'm very, very excited. And by the way, you have like the perfect podcast voice. So now I'm like <laughs> threatened. You have no. a beautiful voice. Thank you. So, Elise, I mean, I'm overwhelmed now that I've done, I knew uh, that you have done fantastic work. And of course, as I do a little research for this podcast, I see all the amazing things uh, you have achieved. So I'm very excited that you are here. And you definitely, for what it seems, you for a long time you've been doing, you've been on target, uh, creating or enabling people to really break free from, as you your bio says, from bosses that we don't like and impossible clients. So I would love for you to take us to that journey First, obviously, who were you as a young child? What were your passions? And really how you build that path for yourself in which you are really making a difference in other people's lives. So, okay, I'll try to trace that path uh, concisely and briefly. Absolutely. It is kind of a long story, right? Because I've actually been in business for 31 years now, and that is what I attribute a lot of the, you know, quote unquote success to, it does, it takes time. And I emphasize that with all of my clients, all of this takes time and you have to be really patient with yourself and with, you know, the fact that there's a lot we can't control. So I, I love just... that. I love that already. And, and, and yes, of course, we, we know it's a, it's a long journey. What I'm most interested in is obviously what, your passions were, and, and the purpose of this podcast is really to try to make the audience connect to those passions, those things that make them tick that they probably experienced early on and they forgot about it as they walk through life. So what, what used to make you tick as a young child? You know, I actually would um, say that that has not been my experience. It's not what I was that I have ever tried to get back to. And I think for a lot of the people that I work with, where we started and, you know, what I might call my passions, I have absolutely no interest in anymore, luckily, because I actually think they were kind of a waste of time. I wish, for example, that I had been passionate about science or math or something that would have led me in that direction, because I find that really fascinating. I would love to be a neuroscientist, but it's too late for me. 
<laughs> well, yeah. But I normally would say, no, it's not too late. You can do it. But yeah, with that career, I say, okay, yeah, I have to concede on that. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, I have to satisfy myself with listening to neuroscientists and reading about neuroscience and studying my own brain. But I guess, you know, my point is more that and I'll tell you about, you know, my childhood if you want to hear about it, but it's actually not all that interesting. And I don't think there's anything I'm doing now that is rooted there. I have actually tried to completely transform myself and go in a totally different path and follow, you know, from a business point of view, I follow the market. I follow the needs of the marketplace. And that's how I evolve my business. It has a lot less to do with what I quote unquote want or am passionate about. I see. But for example, traits like curiosity or that you were observant or that that kind of stuff that maybe mm. maybe enables you to, re to be really good at what you are today. I agree with you that it takes curiosity and clarity and observing, but I wouldn't say I was that way as a kid. I think that, uh, you know, I was one of those little girls who wanted to be liked by mommy and daddy. And so I did whatever they wanted me to do at the expense of myself, truthfully. Mm -hmm. Right. I would say that I betrayed the part of me that is really now in the last maybe 10 years, maybe two years starting to flourish, which is where the curiosity is, which is where the um, the interest in neuroscience is. Mm -hmm. So, well, um, yeah, but that, I love that because it's really something that validated as a kid that then as a as a as an adult, you say, now I get to do it my way. Exactly. And I and, and that's empowering. Yes, definitely. Because, you know, what I, I grew up in Southern California and we went to the beach every single weekend to play volleyball. I think I could have been using my time better. Mm -hmm. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, sometimes I was telling someone the other day that I removed my kids from soccer for uh, for several reasons. And I said, I think it's a waste. To, I like the activity, but he's not going to have anything at the end of the day for all this effort that you're doing. I much rather he have learn a language or even golf that the, he can use when he's older. Exactly. Something like that. Very good. So when you went to university, what career did you pursue? How was that trail of thought? Did you know what you wanted to become when you were no. grown up? No, but I will tell you, and you will probably appreciate this, that um, my grandmother, my paternal grandmother was from the Isle of Rhodes, which was from oh. part of Turkey at uh -huh. the time. Uh -huh. And she spoke supposedly seven languages. <laughs> okay. And so we, <laughs> I'm sure she spoke a little bit of seven languages. I'm sure she wasn't fluent in seven languages. <laughs> But uh, I was fascinated by that actually growing up. And I used to sit on her lap and we used to count all the different languages every time, you know, I would see her. And so I think, and she used to speak the languages to my father and to her other children and to the grandchildren. And so I was really in love with language. And so when I was in seventh grade, I started studying Spanish and I had an awesome Spanish teacher. And so I studied Spanish all through high school. And then I went to college in Boston and I got my degree in Spanish, but I also studied French. I started added French in college and I went to Europe for 
two years and I lived in Spain and I lived in Paris. And so I really immersed myself in the languages. And that is what I love. And I would say I could trace the love of language to what I do today because I often feel like I am translating the creative language of the people that I specialize in working with into something that the business world can understand and vice versa, helping them hear what the business world is saying and translating it into something they can use for their marketing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I'm almost like when I finish the podcast and have a session with you. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. To. So you must be very good at what you do. So no, I, I, I agree. I, I, the follow the market, I guess, uh, resonated with me because I've interviewed a few people, obviously, on this podcast. And, and, and I find that the ones that are you know, the most fulfilled and the most right on in business, you know, to have that business vision is the ones that have told me that, that I followed, I listen what the market is doing. I follow the market. Yeah. So that that's powerful. So when, so you went and, and, and of course you went and live in Spain and friends. So you're already like, uh, are probably making other people like wonder, oh, why does she get to do that? And I'm having this boring job. Well, I was living in Europe uh, during college, so I did my senior, my junior year abroad, and then I realized at the end of that year that it just wasn't enough time. I hadn't learned enough, so I took a year off and I stayed in Paris. So I ended up actually staying in Paris for a year and a half, and that's why my French is so much better than my Spanish. Oh, that's even though my degree is in Spanish. That's that's. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, yeah, I, I appreciate that because I admire, I, I love French too. So, mm. and then you're in France, you're living in Paris. What I was, was an au pair. Oh, perfect. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. And then what was the next step? Like, uh, how do you make that path into the life you have now? So I went back to school. I finished quickly. I got my degree. I moved from Boston to Hoboken, New Jersey, basically, because my best friend at the time lived in Hoboken. She said, come to Hoboken. So I would say, you know, the underlying foundation of I didn't have a career. I didn't have a dream of what I wanted to be. I was just doing whatever someone said, oh, come do this. Oh, come do this. And so I did that. And that's sometimes good, but not always. And certainly I don't think it's a good thing for all of one's life because it got me to a certain point. And then I really did have to say, okay, now what do I want to do and who do I want to serve? And I really try to make a distinction in my own work and working with my clients between what do I want and who needs to be served or who can I best serve? And that's the following the marketplace. And I think too many people are too focused on what they want to do to the, um, you know, kind of absence of or ignoring what the market actually needs. And that is part of the problem I try to help solve. That's uh, very interesting. So yeah, you were pretty much a pioneer for what it's been a boom right now. In a certain way, just because I've been doing it for so long, certainly there were no other business coaches I knew of when I started in 1988. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now you get bombarded. I get bombarded through my LinkedIn, to be honest. Yes. Uh, about business coaches and marketing. Men and it's great because it's all very helpful. But I think obviously your vision uh, when you started doing this in 88, definitely a pioneer in my view. Thank you. I will accept that. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. You're, you deserve it. 
So I imagine the amount of uh, probably success stories that you have, but uh, in terms of if you had to pick a f you know, few things that have resonated through your career and where you made a difference and something that maybe people listening to this are thinking of making a change or they're stuck, what would you say would be like uh, something that you can share that will help them get unstuck? So... Uh, so you're asking what kinds of advice would I give to people who are stuck? Yeah, or, or, or things that you've said you as a, as a coach during your, your career, you probably have seen situations where, you know, the, the person, it's, it's almost there, almost finding the success they need, but they, they get stuck because yes. they, they run out of gasoline, so to speak. You know, I think right. what you, how you really started your, this conversation about it takes time. You have right. to be patient. So what I would add to that then, and the, the, the obstacle I see most people putting in their own path, so it is totally self-inflicted, is this um, belief that they don't have enough confidence to do what needs to be done to get the clients that they want. And sometimes they call it imposter syndrome, and some th sometimes they call it a lack of self-esteem, but personally, I don't think it exists. I think it's made up. And I think it's just an obstacle people put in their way, maybe out of laziness sometimes, because the truth is it takes time, as we're saying, and it takes persistence and you cannot be discouraged and you have to just keep going no matter what happens. And that is a high bar for many people to reach and many people to commit to it. And so it's much easier to say, I don't have the confidence to do that. I I totally agree. I totally agree with you on that. I think it was my last podcast episode that we were discussing about how sometimes people get afraid to achieve their dream because if they realize the dream is not what they expected or not what they wanted, then they get, you know, they, they, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you kind of boycott yourself into mm -hmm. not, not achieving what you want. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think that instead of focusing on confidence or lack of confidence, that the thing people need is courage. Number one, we need the courage to not let other people dissuade us and not give in to these crazy voices in our head from the past. I would call that brainwashing as well. Okay. And just, um, you know, Find a teacher or a mentor, if that's what you need, guidance to do things the right way and, um, you know, follow step by step, be a really good student and just do what you're told, basically. And I think that's how people can reach the quote unquote success by their own efforts and by their own um Focus, because focus is a really important part of it. And I do think it's much more satisfying also, because sometimes when people have success, it's kind of a fluke. In fact, I wrote a case study recently about a client who came to me because he had just had his best year ever, and it terrified him because he don't didn't know how it happened. Mm. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that, I, I've heard that before, yeah. 
Isn't that interesting? I found that fascinating. And so the truth is, you know, success stories are, they have to be taken with a grain of salt, number one. And you really have to know how to get to the kind of success that you're going to define for yourself. Because what some people define as success would not be my idea of success. To me, success is really the freedom to choose exactly who I work with and how I work and to not have to go to meetings that are a total waste of my time. Wow. <laughs> I have a new tagline. <laughs> <laughs> what? That, that is definitely a wow. Uh, I guess I've, I have gotten where all, you know, in a, a little bit of the place you're describing. Not too long ago, I was in a meeting where we were saying a few people on the mirror say we have to work with people we like because we are feeling that at least in, a, in my industry in telecom, people are getting very nasty mm. and, and it's not fun anymore. Right. And so if you've been in long in any industry, I've been in my industry 22 years, and when you've been long enough, you start comparing and say, what has happened? There's, I mean, vendors lie to the customer, mm-hmm. and then the customer mm-hmm. still gives them an option to keep working with them, and you are the loyal guy that has always been there. You don't get the chance. Uh, it's just little things like that that you, you start seeing, you get frustrated with. And I see a lot of people uh, on the same Uh, path that they say, how do I get to work with people I like? Yes. And I think what I would add to that is, I mean, part of the problem, and this is a much different conversation, obviously, but I think capitalism is part of the problem. And there's a lot of pressure for people to uh, make certain numbers and they just do whatever they have to do to make the numbers. And I feel really lucky to be involved in an aspect of business where I can basically care about people. I can show that I care. I can teach in a way that is caring and people, I think, feel it. And that is part of what helps them. It's not just the ideas, it's the way they're presented. And that's something I really appreciate and have benefited from with my teachers. And so it's not just I want to work with people that I like, I want to work with people that I can care about. Interesting. And so do, so you feel you are in, in a stage uh, in your life and your business. Uh, it sounds to me you're very happy with what you do. Yes. And, and you wake up excited about, uh, you know, every morning excited about what you're going to do. I do. I love my work. Uh, I do it a lot. Some people think I'm a workaholic. <laughs> I am not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love it. And sometimes I can't think of anything better I would want to be doing. Well, you know what I love is I can feel your smile as you're mm-hmm. saying that. I can feel you smiling. And mm-hmm. that, that I think, is what we all want to achieve. At least I want to achieve that. It's like, yes, I'm excited about what I'm doing, which, you know, I am. And people that have heard this podcast, and I've said it a few times, but, you know, when you work for the family business, there, there's a, a whole lot of dimensions that your job takes. You know, is I work for the business my father founded. So there's mm. a lot of... You know, I carry that torch and he's still involved in the business, but, you know, to make him proud, to keep to keep pushing forward his legacy. Of course, I struggle with maybe this is not what I would be doing if it wasn't our family co- business. Right. Mm-hmm. But I do get to have the freedom to choose how do I work and who do I work with. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel sometimes, of course, sometimes not because there's not that many telecom projects out there. So we mm. have to, we are forced a little bit to, to, to get put in situations that are not ideal. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that part of where you 
are able to get to your workplace. And uh, one of the things I struggle with is I get in the elevator and people on days like today where this chat is happening on a Friday and, and people say, oh, uh, another fr- finally Friday. And, and you know, it's, it's everything in their lives. Is, if it's a Monday, you hear, oh, another Monday, Monday. And, and it's so sad to live your life like that. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, there have been recent studies uh, about how unsatisfied and disengaged people are at work. The statistics are quite alarming, I think. And I'm just, again, I feel really, really lucky to not be one of those people. Yeah, you you should be. And so do you still host a podcast, correct? Oh, yes. Uh, I just put out my 381st episode. I've been doing it for about 10 years. So, yes. That's amazing. Congratulations. So you want to share a little bit of your podcast for the audience? Sure. So it's called the Marketing Mentor Podcast, and it can be found at marketingmentorpodcast.com. And my goal, I don't interview uh, famous people or anything like that. I interview people who are practicing what I preach because uh, I can talk about it all day long. But when you see someone just like you doing these simple things that you've been resisting for a long time and you see that it actually works and you hear them talk about it, it can just be that much more powerful. So some of these people are my clients. Some of them are prospects. Some are people who I just come across. Some of them are people who pitch themselves to me. But the common denominator is that they are doing their own marketing and doing it successfully and everyone is doing it in their own way. And so the goal there is to show that there's no right way, that there are so many different approaches that each person really has to put their own process together and then keep doing it. Awesome. Well, I definitely will check it out. And, uh, you know, now that this is my 33rd episode, so 381. Wow, that's that's <laughs> definitely an inspiration. It, it goes, it takes a lot, but I'm sure that uh, obviously you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I get to meet fascinating people such uh, like yourself. And so I, I'm, I'm really, really happy that that we bump into each other on LinkedIn. And, uh, and I know you've written seven books. Is there any one of those seven that you're particularly proud or that you think this is my flagship book to, to help other people or to, yeah, to inspire others? I think the most relevant to the most people is the one called The Creative Professional's Guide to Money because it talks about how to deal with it, how to talk about it, how to handle it, how to manage it. And it, uh, it's just very practical, whether you are self-employed or not. Okay, well, we definitely have all the Amazon links to your books and to your webpage um, in the show notes for anybody. I mean, check it out. It's, she has a lot of information. You've written a, a lot of articles that are really interesting. Normally, when I do research on someone that I'm going to interview, you know, takes me an hour or so, but you have so much information. I'm Mm. definitely going back and uh, benefiting from it. Thank you. I'm a bit of a content machine. I just can't stop creating content. Well, but that's why you're doing good. We are (laughs) in the era of creating content. That's for sure. And then what I always, uh, the first step for everyone, I think, is just to sign up for my quick tips, my quick tips from Marketing Mentor, which is the email newsletter that I send out every other week. 
Perfect. So I'll, I'll have that on the on the show notes as well. Okay. And uh, I really thank you, Lisa. I mean, you've been an easy interview because you're you're someone that's really, uh, as you just saying, you're practicing what you preach, and it's really inspiring. And and you're really an example of what can be achieved when you stay persistent, you stay true to who you are, and you identify what you're good at, and you follow the market. And actually, uh, you're just reminding me of one other underlying idea, which is autonomy, right? The idea that the goal to me of all of this, of following the market, of being persistent, is that I can take care of myself. I can do what I need to do. I don't have to, you know, give in to what the other people want. I just feel like that position of strength is something that everyone can aim for and achieve. Fantastic. Well, that's a great way to end this conversation, uh, shooting for autonomy. Thank you so much for all the wisdom you've shared. Thank you, Leticia. It's really nice to speak with you. Likewise. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. And until the next time. <laughs>